Hi, and welcome to episode five of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, editor and founder of FivePointMove.com. With me is 1995 world champion, 1996 Olympic silver medalist, Dennis Hall. Dennis, uh, how are how are things been going lately? Been going good, man. Got some sun today. I, you know, had a good day. Was uh, at a water park with my uh, fifth grade son, so it was a good day. You were at uh, the water park. Yeah, in Wisconsin Dells. Do they have a minimum height requirement? <laughs> yeah, I passed it by about six inches. All right, well, fantastic. I just wanted to make sure. Um, with us is a special guest tonight. That is, what, four? Is it four now? Four-time world team member, 2016 Olympian, Robbie Smith. Robbie, thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Tim. I'm happy to be on. Five Point Move does so much for Greco-owned wrestling. It's it's just the best thing we got out there right now. So, you know, thanks for having me on finally. I can't believe I'm on episode five that you had to wait so <laughs> damn long to get me on this thing. And, and Dennis, don't lie. You weren't six inches over that clearance. You're more like two. <laughs> don't, don't even. It was don't maybe an inch or two. <laughs> Uh, it was funny. Like I, I remember when we came back from from Disney World, I I, I called I called Hall, and um, I said, uh, I, all I did was I started with, um, "Hey, did you know that for Mickey Mouse that you have to be like dot dot dot?" And right away he jumps in, "I'm a lot fucking taller than that." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, you think he was trying to get you a, to be the Mickey Mouse at Disney World now? That's, Thanks. That's, you know. Hey, Mickey's loved by everybody. Maybe I should give it a try. You should, man. I mean, that's a job opportunity right there. Don't dog it. Well, I, I think the people who play characters at Disney World, if I, I mean, a lot of them are part-timers, but even if, I think they get, like, full benefits and stuff like that, don't they? Oh, yeah. They? So, quick, quick funny story. I was uh, – Shoot, I forget what year. I want to say I was just 20 years old. I was 20 years old. So 2007, um, me and my boys went down to Disneyland for uh, New Year's Eve. And my my buddies were a little they, – they, they were 21. They were a little uh, toasty, and they passed out before the fireworks. And so I saw uh, – I saw some – some of the workers there and I was like, eh, I'll go hang out with them and talk to them. And they're moving lines. And so I'm sitting there and they gave me a wand. I'm moving lines. I'm talking to people, putting on the big Robbie show. And this woman is in this suit walks towards me. And I'm like, Oh shit, I'm getting kicked out of <laughs> Disneyland. And I'm like, Oh no. And my buddies at this moment in time, just wake up and they see this woman walking towards us. I'm like, Oh man, what's going to happen? She walks up. She goes, I've been watching you for the last half hour. And I was like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. She goes, I love you, and I want to give you a job. I was like, <laughs> wow. All right. It, she gave me her card. I lost it. I mean, I was I was still on this path of trying to be an Olympian, you know. And, uh, and so she's like, well, do, do you have any jobs right now? I'm like, well, I'm actually training for the Olympics. And she's like, well, when you're done with that, give me a call. It's like, okay. But that was like the coolest thing that's ever happened. I was like, wow, got got to a job offer from that's Disneyland. instant job it's, prospects, right? Just, there, are, there are people who have master's degrees who aren't that lucky. 
<laughs> right? No. It was crazy. All I had to do was just shoot the shit with some people. <laughs> Good story. Thank yeah. you. Well, certainly, certainly pertinent. Um, uh, is it? Wait. So you, this this was Disneyland in Cali. Disneyland in Anaheim, California. The land, not the world. The land. Don't get your shit. Don't get that wrong. What's the difference between the two? What is Disney? So Disney Disney Disneyland, right? Disney World is bigger. It has more lands to it. So Disneyland is like just Disneyland, and then now they got California Adventures and Disney World's like. Animal Kingdom, Epcot, right, resorts. Whole, yeah, multiple resorts. So it's it's just a world. I don't know. But look what you started. You started talking on about Disney World and Disneyland. I mean, it's the greatest place in the world. But whatever. If you're gonna go off the rails, go off the rails early. Go off the rails <laughs> early. You just take a straight left turn. Just keep going. All right. Well, no, mm-hmm. we we actually do have a a good a good bunch of bullet points, especially some more recent stuff. Um, I think this started off with this was something we touched on with Cheney in um, the last episode, and Cheney's kind of, I mean, lack of a better term, he's contemporary of yours. But um, you know, you could make the argument. I mean, certainly you're in very, I don't know, parallel stages of your careers. Mm-hmm. Is age a factor now? Is is there? Is it like, you know, I mean, you turn 30 at the end of January, but is it, has there been any point, I'll say, within the last, I don't know, two or three years or the last year, especially the last year being, you know, leading up to the Olympics, I'm sure that was a grind. Has there ever been a moment where you were starting to kind of appraise where you were at physically? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, in any sport and anything, I feel like, you have to modify. I mean, I'm not doing what I was doing when I was 19, you know, going after it every day and grinding and then not recovering. You know, you, you have to do way more to for your body to to stay going um, and not be getting hurt is, is the recovery part of it. And then knowing, you know, you still gr- I still grind hard. I grind harder than anybody in the room, but it's just. You know, it's what I do after my practices. You know, it's the stretching, it's the the cold plunge. You know, the the contrast, heat and cold, the icing, the recovery with my trainers, and just keeping all my stuff feeling fresh. You know, and that's if I would have known that when I was younger, my body would definitely feel better now. But when you're 19 years old and 20 years old, you feel like a superhero, like nothing can harm you. Well. You know, all those older guys that were in my room were like, you should do this now. And I didn't listen. And now I'm feeling the uh, repercussions of it. But I am smarter because I did learn from those guys of how to recover, you know. And um, that was the biggest thing for me now. And and that kind of started about two years ago, you know, uh, when I, I was getting little bumps and bruises. And I had to stay together for the Olympics, you know, keep my body healthy for the Olympics. So really up the recovery process of it and um but it, it i don't think an age is a big factor especially at heavyweights heavyweights seem to go forever you know we're not cutting much weight you know it, it's not a big burden on my body i did i used to cut a lot of weight but um i don't cut any weight anymore so you know it, that's that's the biggest thing for me is just to kind of 
you know, keep my weight management good and, and, and recovery. And I think I could go forever. Well, now, performance-wise, I, I, I mean, granted, I, I don't know. What do you, what are, do you, you ask, are you trying to ask somebody who's going to beat me soon? No, that's on the – don't worry. We, we'll get to that in a second. But um, performance-wise, there's, there's, there's no drop-off. No. I mean, not at all, right? No. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, there is a point I feel that there is could be a drop-off. But, I mean, I think I'm about eight I, – I don't plan on being wrestling for eight more years. But, you know, like you, you saw – you can kind of see it with some of the older generation. You know, they get up into their 40s. Or late 30s and in um, you know early 40s, that's kind of a hard thing to handle, you know. In 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 doing it legally, I should say. Um, but uh, you know, there's some guys that could handle it and do it right, but you still see it a little bit. But I mean, at 30, no way. There's no drop off. I think we're just peaking, you know. At around, you know, maybe around 35, 36 is right when it kind of starts to turn. But other than that. You know, uh, the uh, there's no drop off at 30. You know, they say 30 is the new 20, right? God, that's that's indeed what they say. I'm 38. I know that I hang my hat on that. Um, it just, you know, part of this comes from being, you know, I think a, a U.S. Greco athlete, because I mean, even though you're you actually are a, a little bit of a different story, because most I would say probably the overwhelming percentage of senior athletes, even through the years, probably you can go through the last couple of generations, even, you know, they're, they're, it's not like they grew up wrestling Greco. So it takes them a lot of times through their twenties and maybe touch, starting to touch their thirties before they're at a point where they're, you know, as good as they're going to get. Whereas mm-hmm. you're different, a little bit because if anything, you actually had a head start coming from CYC in Concord, California with uh, Mark Halverson, where there was a Greco Roman curriculum, you know, pretty much throughout the year. Is that not correct? Yeah. I mean, well, it, it Mark has made it to what it is, but it started with Bill Martell and um, Bill is the guy that built the little C and, and that's who put Greco in that area. And if it wasn't for Bill, I mean, they used, I don't know if you, I know Dennis definitely remembers yeah. it because I actually watched Dennis wrestle in it. Um, it's called the Concord Cup. The Concord Cup was a senior tournament before it got moved to the Junior World Duels. Yes. And um, that's what sparked me was, I mean, that's what really brought my interest to Greco was watching those senior athletes wrestle in that tournament and, and then watching the Olympics and, and and really really learning about all that good stuff, and um, but Bill was the one that ingrained that culture into how Mark Halverson, um, because he was a team leader and, and, a, and a coach in '92 and '96, you know, and and the guy was just he he just knew his stuff, and so if it wasn't for him, and then Halverson building it in what it is today and, and taking what he built and made it just even better. Um, yeah, no, I, I got a great curriculum from that. And I bought, I put a great base from that um, because when I moved to the senior level, I wasn't learning how to wrestle international guys. I already knew how to, I, the biggest thing for me was 
the jump of competition. You know, I was still dominating junior fellows in universities. It was that senior jump of, oh, now I'm wrestling men. You know, like this, this, there's a strength difference because I came in at 96 kilos and an 18 year old is still, you know, not mature like a, a, a 30, 28, 30 year old. You mean man strength? Man strength, 100%. It's Old a real thing. Strength. Old yep. man strength. And that's what it was. You know, uh, that was my biggest adjustment. But I had all the fundamentals. You know, I had my, you know, everything, how to keep my legs underneath me and moving and all that. So. All right. Uh, well, that that kind of uh, picks up to, I guess, probably next questions. You mentioned 96, and that's where you established yourself um, to the point where, I mean, you. by the end of it, you were clearly a top guy at that weight. Um, then you moved up, and by all accounts, that cut was getting to the point where it was terrible. Um, going up to 120, now 130, uh, was a boost for your career. But the question is, did it save your career? Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, my, body was, it, my body was taking a huge toll. Like, you know... Uh, I think I would probably be just as dominant at, at 98 kilos, but, um, you know, that cut was huge. And what it did was it saved me from being a weight cutter and actually becoming a wrestler, you know, cause my, my whole focus was every day walking into the room and, and a coach would be like, how's your weight, Robbie? How's your weight? It wasn't how you're doing Robbie or anything like that. It was, how's your weight, Robbie? Where's your weight at Robbie? And it's like, Oh, come on, man. And so my whole, like, I, you dread getting on a scale because you know you're going to get bitched at and yelled at and all this stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's when I made the move to go up, I became a wrestler. And that's why my wrestling is so exciting because I focused on one thing and that's just beating people up. You know, like it's, it's pretty simple. It's fun to do. And without the weight cutting aspect of it, it's the, I mean, the greatest sport in the world even with the weight cutting aspect in it it was the greatest sport in the world but now i don't have to worry about that part and just focus on one thing and then my career just skyrocketed from there because i never i made my first world team in 2013 i never made i never broke higher than second place in um 90 96 kilos so yeah so i mean the way that I kind of think of it when I ask that question is, is, I mean, it's, it's really hard to picture it, but I mean, it's happened before to some guys is that a constant draining cut after a while. Like, I mean, if I'm almost guessing that this has prolonged your career, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. No, it definitely did. I mean, my, my, my worst cut was in 2011 and Dennis was with me when this happened. Um, I mean, I was only like two kilos, two and a half kilos over the day of. I wasn't cutting much, but I cut my water out way too early, and I was way too dehydrated. And I worked out for, I don't know, hours upon hours in a sauna, running, all this stuff. We started early morning, and it just wouldn't come off me. And I passed out and smacked my head on the concrete and got a grade two concussion. I mean, I never have to worry about that again. You know, like I, I'm, I'm smarter um, now with what, how I do my, how I cut weight and everything, and, and and then you have people putting their 
their their thought process in your brain, you know, and I cut water out too soon or you hydrate, you got to stay hydrated. Hydration is the biggest thing. You can cut your food, but if you don't, if you're not hydrated, your body's not going to work. And on that day, my body quit on me. And me, my dad, and Momir sat down, and Momir's like, "You're that's it. You're going to go heavyweight, you know, or you're going to, or or you can't be on the team anymore. Like you're done. I'm not going to watch you kill yourself. Basically, that's what he told me. And um, I was like, well, being stubborn and and bullheaded, not knowing what my body could do at heavyweights, was like, no, I'm going. 96 is my is my weight class." Is my weight class. And so I went to the 2012 Olympic trials at 96. I did it right. I was half a kilo under. But, I mean, I, I don't know. What if if I would have went heavyweights? Where would my career would have been? You know, where would I would have started it? You know, I would have wrestled buyers. But, I mean, I wrestled really well at the last chance at heavyweight. I don't know what I, what, what could have been at, at the trial. So, but that should have, would have, could have. And I didn't. But then... Right when I came back from my vacation, Mo Mir's like, you're done cutting weight. You're going heavyweight. I was like, done. Sounds how, good to me. How long did it take you? How long did it take you to fully acclimate and feel comfortable up at heavyweight? Um, Not long. I mean, I've always felt, like I said, it's, I was just wrestling. So, I mean, to really get my legs underneath me, I'd probably say maybe a, a full year. And then really after trials it's really when i started or well like you know a couple so it was from july of 12 was when i made the decision to you know uh, world team trials and that's really when i started to take my own and figure out what i could do so and that's when i made my first team so yeah it's it's crazy because it seems it seems so long ago it wasn't that long ago Right. Yeah, it seems forever, but just five years ago. What was a more important tournament, 2013 or 2015? The trials or the worlds? Worlds. Oh, I mean, the the 2015, I qualified the weight class. I mean, the burden of qualifying the weight class and having that weight class, it's horrible, you know? I saw watch my teammates go through it, and I got that done at the Worlds. I came off. There was no doubt in my mind after I qualified that weight class that I was going to be. I wasn't going to be the Olympian. Like I was going. That was my spot. Once I qualified it, it I was was like, I looked at Halverson. And I was like, we're going to the Olympics. You know that, right? Like no one was going to stop me. No one was going to come close to me in the U.S. Like I did the hardest thing, and that's qualifying. The Olympic trials isn't hard. The Olympic trials is 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 a crazy tournament. Anything can happen. That's when most of the stuff does happen. But if you wrestle right, if it, or you wrestle how it, you should wrestle, and you compete to your highest level, there and you compete as a professional, there should be no problems. Um, to qualify your weight class, that's a, a feat in itself. And then, and then to top off the 2015 World Championships with the match I had. You yeah, know, <laughs> thanks, Dennis. <laughs> uh, you know that that was canned. It yeah. was ridiculous. You know, but that match made me who I uh, made my. Before, yeah, but I it mean, sucked. Screwed you out of a medal. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, man. I agree. 
I mean, if anybody watches it, they'd see clearly you had the guy pinned and you got ripped off a bunch of points. Yeah. You know, that's and it, life. And it was it was in the United States of America. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's part. what's crazy. No, yeah. well, yeah. Uh, I mean, that it's usually the sh- the narrative shifts. See, if that took place, you know, in Istanbul or somewhere else, you know, then you hose job, right? Hose job's a hose job. But what's what's even better about that tournament was how my team performed. I mean, we we should have had. I mean, almost everybody, you know, should should have been in the in a medal match. I feel. I mean, we were wrestling great. Harry had his guy pinned, like stuck. Yeah, he, Lester got screwed too. Oh my gosh, you know Spencer, um, and then Bryce with uh, Bryce had with a four zero lead, loses four four, and it comes out that he has a fractured face and a concussion. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I mean that 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 guy. Yeah, uh, to to that guy's a uh, first and foremost a marine, but then a badass wrestler you know just that team there was an awesome team um just everybody from 59 all the way up to 130 was just had their eye on the prize and we went in there for for a reason and you know we came up a little short we only got one medal but i thought we were all going to do it and how we were wrestling how everybody's attitude was so that was by far my best my best experience was that tournament by far. Well, I figured 2013 was significant just because, I mean, I would figure that it would have showed you. You know what yeah, I mean? It, it, it was the first. You know, I wrestled. Uh, so my matches was I wrestled first round Chinese guy. Uh, dominant win. And then I wrestled a world medalist and a guy that was highly ranked in the world, the Belarusian. And no one gave me a chance to get him. And that was a drop, drop down this fight. I mean. We hated each other. We 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 still hate each other. Um, I haven't seen him since. But uh, we wanted to beat, just beat each other up. And that's what it was. And I came out, guy reached for my head. And this is where my arm throw actually really came back into my, my repertoire was when that match, he, re- he reached up for me. Well, against Arndt uh, to make the team. And then that match, he reached up in my head, and I hit a beautiful arm throw on him right away. Right, I think and, that's still on YouTube, in fact. Yeah, and then, um, and then, uh, the, and then I took him. He came at me real hard to headbutt me, and I sidestepped him, and I reached around his waist, and I took him down for two. And um, it was a drop down brawl, like that was it. No, no ifs and buts about it. And it was a badass match. And then going into my semifinals match and no excuses here at all, but I had a big black eye from that match and I couldn't really see out of it. And, um, but that wasn't the problem. It was everybody after that match just swarmed in on me and everybody had an opinion and every, and this is the first time I'm at this world championship. Now I just tell everybody to go screw themselves, you know, like, Hey, give me my space, you know, like it's a black eye. I'll figure it out. But these guys just swarm me, and I was like, "Gosh, man!" What do you mean swarm me? What are they? What are they saying? 
they want to they you know had the doctor they're saying telling well, you how to win and it, well how to win and all that and don't you you know you're in the semis and building it up and then you have the doctors worried about your eye and and you know what they want to discuss it one guy wants to cut it the other guy doesn't want to cut it and all this shit and next thing you know i only have 20 minutes and they're like all right you're up i'm like well what like and i'm not blaming that match on anybody i was a rookie at the time you know i was a rookie and um I didn't know to tell people just to go screw off. You know, like now I'd be like, hey guys, step away. Like, I don't need you. I don't need the you to tell me what to do right now. I just need to stay in the same mind frame. I just came out of a great battle. I need to get a good cool down. I need to get my head feeling right. I need to get my legs up and just go out and battle. Screw the eye. The eye will, will figure itself out, you know, and, and move forward. Yeah, uh, but you, you you had already you already were on on a good roll. You, you it seemed like you knew what you were doing. The roll was going, you know, and and um, I was new to the game, so a lot of people didn't know what to think about me, you know. And um, so that was that was kind of that was a big thing for me, you know. But I learned, like I said, all that whole thing was was a learning experience, a learning experience. And then by the time 2015 came, I mean, well-oiled machine, like off the mat, down the hallway, uh, on the bike, cooling my legs off, um, getting everything set and ready to roll for the next match, had my legs elevated, stretched, felt great. Then, all right, Robbie, you got 10 minutes, warm up, get my body back to where I needs to be. All right, we're walking down the hallway walking to the staging area, walking straight through the staging area, straight to the mat, get the job done, get off the mat and do the same thing over. I mean, from 13 to 15 was a world of difference. You know, it was amazing. But it was my team too. You know, I had uh, Halverson, Mo Mir, uh, Lin Lin, um, and then Cody was running the times and all this stuff. And then my coaches, my strength coaches, Paul, and and uh, Brandon were there, and then my nutritionist Rob was there. So I mean, but that's what the benefit of having a tournament at home, you know, a world championship at home. You get to have your whole team. But that was amazing. I mean, by far the best prepared I ever was. Best wrestled. Great time. Like hands down, Las Vegas was the best tournament I ever wrestled. Rob, I got a question. I got an answer. <laughs> All right. You know. The loss against the Russian. What? Uh, how? How did that affect you? And and just from the mental mindset part. It it pissed me off, you know. Um, my interview after the the that match would it says a lot what happened because if you catch me when I'm when I, in a raw emotion, you get a lot of great stuff out of me. But um, <laughs> uh. I mean, I was, I, it lit my fire, you know, it, it really did. Cause I don't, I don't like, I mean, I don't like saying I was cheated, you know, I mean, people can say it and all that stuff, but it I know how the biggest hose job I've seen in a while. Exactly. I mean, and that's, you know, that's what it is. But for me, I have to move on from it because that's, I know that's international wrestling. Yeah, I, I know true. that, that, that's what happens. You know, that's what happens. You know, did I think it was going to happen in my own backyard? No. But you take your lumps and you move forward. And next time you, you bury him, 
you know, that's it. Like what made anything more than anything, uh, what made me want anything more was just to wrestle him again. I wanted to see him first match at the Olympics. I wanted to bury him. I wanted to put him into the ground. That's it. Plain and simple. There was no, you know, like I wanted the rematch and I wanted to show people that this time it's going to be different, you know? And, um, even though, like you said, I got hosed, but I wanted to show everybody again who who the real champ was. And, uh, you know, but that was my mindset. It wasn't depression. It wasn't nothing like that. It was, couldn't believe it, a little bit of shock after, but then just straight drive. Like, all right, here I come. We're going we're gonna to kick, I'm going to kick crap out of some people. Another question. What was USA Wrestling's response to that match? I mean, coaches and just people from USA Wrestling. Um, I mean, did they acknowledge the screw job? No, I mean, my coaches did. Uh, from USA Wrestling, not much, honestly. I mean, they just don't see a medal around my neck, you know? They yeah. probably think I could have done something even more to do so, to win, you know? Yeah. Pretty and hard it, to end them. And, and, <laughs> my, and, and how I respond to that match is this, though. Uh, you can't give somebody a 7-0 lead. And, and expect- yeah, you did. You did. You did, did. and you should have won. I did, and yeah. The problem is, is there's too much corruption and it's bullshit. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I call it the way I see it. I, I, I'm sick of that stuff. You see it at every big, big tournament out there. Yep. You want know clean it up, man. I agree. Let the guy that deserves to win win. Hmm? No, man, you're you're 100 right, Dennis. 100 right, and and I get screwed more often I mean, than I don't. So you know, you don't get you don't you don't have a world medal because. The refs were either incompetent or stupid, yeah. you know, or both. Yep. You know, and, and that's a frustrating part. I mean, you should have a world bronze medal right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, you remember I called you after the world championships. and I remember that very clearly. How huge of a fan I was. You made me a Robbie Smith fan. Yeah. I said, it, you wrestle like an animal. And I appreciate that so much. You don't know, understand how much that call actually meant to me, you know, because just I needed to hear that from the Greco family. You know, I didn't hear much from the Greco family after that, you know, Um, and that's what's so. I I mean, I know I got to get mellow, but like I said, I I, I poured my heart. One of my favorite matches. I mean, I was at the Worlds, of course, that year, but that match was unbelievable just the change in tempo and you know you're coming back and you're pinning them and them not calling it you know and how tired that guy was at the end of the match that's what american oh, broke. Broke. is. yeah yeah he no. was broke huh? he was done he was toast I so mean, the I doctors talk, actually I told me they about it at my club man well thank you they, the doctors that were there, they're like, we were the first time we thought we were going to have to resuscitate somebody from exhaustion because that guy was so broke. So, yep. Yeah, he was uh, wet noodle, like, trying to get out of there. It's, and that was, yeah. At the handshake, you see it at the end. Oh, yeah. Like, he was his, done. his body didn't look right. He's got a gift. Yeah. No, he, 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 and that's the whole thing, too. You know, they wanted a, uh, the guy to meddle in both styles. And yep. use Russia and stuff. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. 
Uh, we, I mean, we could let Hall crack that walnut open in a little bit, I guess. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, I believe you said this to me. Uh, I, I don't. It might have been fairly recently. I'm not sure when. Um, but the Olympics. The Olympics are a different ball game. Um, I mean, Hall's talked about this a lot before, but just everything surrounding it pops out differently despite the rules being the same and the guys for the most part being the same. Um, now, obviously you didn't, you didn't come home from Brazil with a medal, but as, uh, as the whole scope, how do you describe your experience at Rio? Um, you know, the whole medal thing is what it is. Um, the biggest proudest moment of my life, uh, yes, far this far is, you know, looking to the stands and seeing, my mom, my dad, my sister, and my lovely girlfriend in tears while I'm about to walk out of this arena, uh, out of the out of the the staging area to the mat of the biggest stage of my life. And um, that moment there, I mean, I wasn't awestruck or anything like that. I, I was prepared and ready to roll. But that I will always remember that moment. You know, it it kind of felt slow motion walking to the stage. Uh, and then when I was out on that mat, I just wouldn't. I wanted to beat him up so bad. And, um, I mean, I, I, I took him down. I got on that front head. I thought when I had that front head, I thought the match was over. I mean, choked the guy out, passed him out. And when I was about to start turning, they blew the whistle. So that was, that was a rough one, but, um, that was amazing experience. And then the experience you have with your teammates and, and the people you make, you like me and Andy, the, you know, we spent the whole first, the first three years of that quad together and then finally to make that team, that brotherhood that me and him made on it's, it will never be broken. You know, guys, my, one of my, he'll be my brother for the rest of my life, you know, and um, with Jesse and Ben, you know, you just build that relationship with those guys because no one else knows what it is that you're going through like those guys. And um, it's like no other tournament in the world. I mean, ever. And it's like no other competition. I mean, people say it's like the Super Bowl. No, it has nothing compares to that moment and in, in what you put yourself through. And um, it's not just physical. It's mental. It's it's emotional. It, you know, then there's the physical. But, I mean, there's so much stuff going through it. And it, you really need a team behind you. If you don't have that team, you don't get it. You know, you don't understand it. And, um you know, it, it's hard. It's difficult. It's a real difficult thing. You know, and and I owe so much to the people that support me. And, um, you know, but the whole thing down there was amazing. You know, I mean, afterwards, I got to be with my family. I got to be with my lovely girlfriend. I got to hang out and and, and actually enjoy being an Olympian, you know, uh, because it was that part was over. Trust me. Would I much rather enjoy being Olympian with a medal around my neck? Hell yeah. But like I said, it didn't happen, you know? Um, but I'm never, ever, ever going to forget that moment. And, um, I will cherish it for the rest of my life. Well, it, it does seem daunting. Hall, I remember you said, I think it was, um, I think it was when you were in Barcelona, uh, at the uh, opening the, ceremony. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean it. 
that's when it became real for me when the guy lit the uh, torch uh, with an arrow. You know, it was unbelievable. The whole crowd went crazy. And, and it was, you know, that's when I realized what event I was about to compete in. And I got nervous, you know. I mean, it, it was a good nervous, but it was, you know, it became real at that point. And, you know, I was in the event where, you know, I dreamed of when I was a little kid. Yeah, but you, it just, it seems from, obviously from an uber outside perspective, which is what I have, it's, it seems like, um, it seems like a dichotomy because on one hand, it's this grand, giant, you know, super huge, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if once in a lifetime is appropriate for, especially considering the company, but, you know, this, just this, you know, monumental achievement to even be able to participate. And on the other, it's like you hear, well, it's, but it, but it is a tournament and it's, you know, a, 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 chances are if you're world level and decent world level, these are competitors you've either already went against or you're familiar with. So is what I want to know is the difference in stage. Is it that, is it that encompassing to where it does, it does, you know, play with your mind to the, you know, to a level that you, you maybe catches you off guard. I mean, for me, no, honestly, cause I knew what, I mean, I knew how I was wrestling. I've seen him. The guy I wrestled first, I trained with all summer. You know, people don't know that we went to Goigle, uh, Azerbaijan, you know, and I've trained with him a couple times and he would never wrestle me when we trained over there. You know, like the only time three weeks he didn't wrestle you. I mean, we, we would wrestle every once in a while. I got hurt. Actually, I hurt my groin. So he knew my injuries too. You know, like we, I knew me me and this guy knew each other. Like there was no, nothing there that, and I knew everybody in that bracket, you know, um, so that that didn't bring anything to me. That wasn't a big deal, you know. The 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 people try to tell you about the media and all that, and try to help you that way. It's just another tournament. You're still doing what you know what to, how to do best, and that's go out and wrestle. Like the tournament didn't was just you know I was very excited to wrestle in it, but there was no different than any other day. I, I thought I, I was think, very well prepared. Rob, yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Guys are a little bit more prepared for the Olympics than they are at the Worlds. My point of view is, for some reason, you know, everybody just seems a little bit sharper when it comes to the Olympics than the Worlds. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you this much that our preparation for the Worlds and the Olympics weren't different from 2015 to 2016. You know, um, we thought we had the right formula. So we... We kept a lot of the stuff the same, but um, I feel you. Maybe you might mentally sharpen yourself better. You know, so what you're saying there is you're you're you're, you're mentally prepared a little bit better. You know, because you get warned and all that stuff. And what I what I don't like about the Olympics, honestly, is how the media portrays it. Because they don't. I mean, in my mind, the Worlds is a way more impressive tournament to win. Because you ha- you could be wrestling. Look at the bracket Andy Bezik wrestles at at the World Championships. He has 
seven different world champions in his weight class. That yeah. might not happen at the Olympics. So no, for you with to, the qualification process, chances are it doesn't. No, and you have and you have a couple guys in that weight class that shouldn't even be there from the the Pacific Islands yeah. and you know yeah the African <laughs> the uh, African continental qualifier. You're yeah. not getting the best twenty guys in the world. You, nope. you you you're you're getting you're hoping out, you draw one of them. <laughs> you're hoping you draw one of all those guys, of course. But you're getting you know out of the world the top fifteen badasses now. Don't get me wrong. Yep. It's the top fifteen best guys, but there's six guys in there that shouldn't be there. But at the world tournament, you're going to have a fifty man bracket, and you're going to have seven world champs and maybe ten world medalists. And then some guys that are just have won some of the biggest tournaments in the world, in the world that maybe have never broke through to get that world medal. So that's a hell of a tournament, and you don't even get close the press that you do for the Olympics. You know, like being a world champ and winning a world champ is a grinder. You know that that's a that is a grinder. You have to win maybe five six matches at the world championships to get a medal, maybe even seven. You got to win three championships to get a uh, three matches at the Olympics to get a medal. You know, so I mean it's all perspective. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, in in our world, the Olympic gold medal and Olympic medal is looked at way higher than you know a world medal, which is sad. But no, nah, yeah, it, it's certainly not that way for me. I I, I, I it's um I don't know. I, I, it's absolutely true. I just, I, I perception's everything, man. Uh, oh yeah, it's just incredible. It's just because it comes every four years instead of every every year. Right. That that's <laughs> that, that's got to be it. You know. That's it's literally that is what it all is. Well, coming after um, coming after Brazil, uh, you had what was it? You had your wrist. Um. You had surgery. You had to take some time off. Um, what? So September through, I guess, nah, the the early part of the winter. You 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 hadn't been back on a mat yet. Yeah. Um. So uh, I haven't. I didn't get back on the mat. So I want to say, the first time I stepped back on the mat was beginning of january because i just got home i went and saw my 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 beautiful sister that lives in hawaii and her family my brother-in-law noah and and my my sister my other sister crystal came my mom my dad and we spent christmas together it's the first time that the family has spent christmas together in like six years so it was the only time i the only time i could do it so we went over there and i went and spent three weeks over there with my family and had a great time and um uh, got to be my nephews, and and then we, on Christmas Day, my sister gave birth to our beautiful, my beautiful little niece, and um, and that was kind of to top it all off. And I was going to come back. I wasn't in the best shape of my life, but I was going to come back. My first tournament back was going to be Schultz, and that was going to be the plan. And just my my surgery was good from my wrist, my my boo boo's all healed up, and I was ready to roll. And first day back on the mat. I get a high ankle sprain that puts me out for four more weeks. And it was brutal. It was brutal. You know, I, I, I pushed it real hard to get back after that. 
because I, I wanted to go overseas. And we had that conversation is that was what the, the, the trip to Denmark and Croatia was to, to measure where I'm at. And, uh, so I wasn't ready and in shape for Schultz, but I started to get probably back on the mat right around there. Um, and, and, and really start to work to get my conditioning back. And then I had like two and a half weeks to get ready for Denmark. And, um, so then Denmark, I had maybe like, like I said, two and a half weeks of training under my belt, three weeks until the tournament. And, um, so I went out there really after the Olympics with, other than lifting weights and, and, and getting my conditioning back and losing weight with two weeks of wrestling training. And then, so then I, I, I got to, you know, go through that tournament. Felt like, you know, first match was a little rusty. Well, wait a minute. That's where I want to jump in. That's what I think is interesting is because going into that event, that's what you basically said, that it was a test run. I, you know, I want to see where I'm at. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's a month and a half or whatever, you know, before trials, so on and so forth. And then you went ahead and right. You, you your first match was, uh, the Norwegian Marvik. Uh, and then you, I mean, I, I mean, that, that was a, a it was a tight, a, a tightly contested bout, but maybe you weren't all there. Then you won your next four to win, to actually win the tournament. Okay. So the, I guess the two questions I have would be, was that, even though you said there were that you were there for what was essentially a test drive, was that almost like a relief to win? And also, oh yeah, your your match with uh, Toby, who obviously you know extremely well, everybody knows you know Toby extremely well. Was that even? I mean, it's kind of odd that that match happened over there in a way. But was that a major point of interest for you too? Oh, 100%. I wanted to wrestle Toby over there. I wanted to show, because he just won nationals, and um, I wanted to show him who still is the man in the U.S., plain and simple, who, who, who's still running the show. You know, because when, when you're not around for a little while, people tend to forget. And so I, I really wanted to beat him more than I did. Um, I wanted to beat him like I beat him the second match at trials. But I mean that, like I said, it was my first tournament back, and um, I I wanted to show, you know, and then winning that tournament was a relief, and I I was feeling great rolling into the next one and into the camp, but then another injury hurt me there too. I tore my tricep a little bit, and um, uh, tri- you know that just that just messed me up, and it was hard disrupted to- the rhythm. Disrupted the rhythm, and then coming back from a a, a tra- you know missing a training camp, a part of a training camp, and then missing another tournament. That that and then coming home to rehab again, that's a little bit of a, a, a deterrent, you know. I mean, it. I really had to pull my mental strength out of it. It wasn't. That's what drove me was to have people telling me, like my father telling me, hey, you are the best guy in this in this weight class in the world. Like you know. People boosting me up because you're you're going through, you know, like you just won a tournament, but now you're back to hurt. And you really got to pull yourself out of it. And then I think the best thing for me was when I got hit in that arm throw at at trial. Sorry to go further up ahead, but 
you know, the Thor Masters gave me my confidence of, oh, yeah, you can still wrestle. Then getting hurt and then going to the trials and getting hit in an arm throw in the first match. Everybody was like, ooh, ah, Robbie got hit in an arm throw. No, nah, that cleared the mechanism. <laughs> that just pissed me off. <laughs> that just pissed me off. That was like, people, like, even his coaches said, like, oh, shit, we just woke with the beast. You know, like, that was it. Like, you made me mad. Um, because what I, I don't know if a lot of people know, the first point scored on me in four years. You know, so I was like, all right, well, that's done now. Now time to just to destroy people. And that's the, the mind frame is it woke me up and it was good, you know, and, and you got to have that championship mind frame all the time, because if you don't, you know, you can you can stray and, and injuries are a big deterrent. And um, I learned that. I mean, like I said, you, you're always learning in this sport. You never know it completely. And from 2013 to 2000. 17 now i've learned a lot but i think the summer of 2016 and the winter of 2016 and you know the beginning of 2017 taught me a lot about myself not just um how i am as a wrestler but just as robbie smith as a whole was this world team trials as much about making a statement as it was also making sure you get a chance to win a medal um oh yes 100 percent. i needed i needed to win in a dominant fashion the first match went a little uh a little a little too long a little it was, it was too much of a fight the second match i walked out there with a purpose and it was either it was i was going to get a finish if it was a pin or a tech it was going to be finished so the method matters to you the method oh, of victory Oh, 100%. I want to finish everybody. I'm like a fighter. I'm I'm out there for a finish. I'm out there. And that's why people love watching me wrestle. Because I like throwing people. I like choking people out. I like to do the big things. And if I don't do those big things, I feel like I didn't put on the show. I, I let the people down. So, I mean, there's a great saying Coach Martel taught me was, wrestle to progress, not to impress. But I want to do both. I want to do it in a dominant fashion, and um, and that shows dominance, and that it builds the excitement for Greco-Roman wrestling, and that's what I try to do. No, it's, I mean we're we're also in in era as well as in a country where a lot of times these matches are contested extraordinarily tight. You know, I mean, yeah, just really tight. Where, you know, a lot of guys aren't just letting it go. You know, and I think there's plenty of them who probably could and still be successful. 100%. I'm sure. I agree. Ryan Mango um, holds back a little bit too much. Um, you know, Tracy Cancock holds back a little bit sometimes. Um, you know, uh, Joe Ryle does too. You know, if you if you if you let if you just let loose in some things, you know, it would be. I, I've seen these guys at practice do some amazing things, and but they don't they don't let it out on the mat. No, I I I wasn't. You know, we didn't actually touch on this, but when you came back for when you came back in March for uh, Thor Masters in Denmark and all that stuff. Um, yeah, this was that was your first event uh, with the with the updated rule set, wasn't it? Yep. 
Yep. Was it everything you hoped it would be? <laughs> everything I hoped and more. It was amazing. I mean, my biggest downfall was my parterre, and now you take that away. It's like, come on. Like, come on now. You know, I just get to fight you on the feet the whole time. Right. Yeah. That's just, I was excited. I was excited to wrestle. I wanted to get out there and wrestle. I love the rules. It was, uh, was it a major adjustment? Like, I mean, or was this just like, okay, well, now I don't got to be worried about uh, getting put down. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it was just, okay, now. Just keep doing what you do. Do what you do best. You know, just fight on the feet. Beat people up. You know, the one thing is, a lot of people think I hit my front headlock off of the parterre. I hit the, my front headlock off of the feet most of the time because I, I, I off balance you. And then I come, you know, I come back from that and I hit, I hit it from the, uh, when I off balance you, I hit it from the feet. And that's where I hit mo- majority of my stuff from the front headlock position. So it doesn't really hurt me in that way because everybody's like, well, all you have is a front headlock. I'm like, I got way more than just a front headlock. So, no, I mean, it, it, it has the, I mean, they're, you know, any day now they're supposed to bring parterre back, but, um, the argument against bringing it back, I guess, would be that, well, we haven't given this enough time to mature, to evolve. No. So in other words, you, yeah, you, you don't want to see what, go away. the reason why we want to bring it back is because the Russians, in the Eastern Bloc countries that don't, uh, Iran, um, Turkey, all those dudes that have no idea how to wrestle on your feet anymore. They don't know how to wrestle. All they know how to do is turn people in gut wrenches and push. They don't know how to do anything else but push. Push, 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 push. So they're afraid that the big bad American can come back and, and do some do something. You know, um, that's it. They they don't they don't know how to wrestle. They they're not wrestlers. They're they're pushers with some top uh top parter. You know. Yeah, well I mean we're seeing it. We're seeing it across the board. I mean, just statistically. Um scoring is down. Um score I mean overseas uh in particular. Uh most of the tournaments that you know, like five point is paid attention to anyway. Uh scoring is noticeably down. Um, and guys who weren't really losing a whole lot are all of a sudden now getting bounced out of the quali- the qualification rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, well, why is that? Well, you, I think we all know why. Uh, you know, they don't know how to wrestle. They're, they're not getting that first period call to where they could gut somebody out and just, you know, move, yeah, put a bow but, on it. And that it's frustrating, you know. I mean. I, I, I like lifts and that, but take the guy down. Take him down and show what you have. Like, they just don't know how to take people down. It's insane. It's incredible to me. I just don't understand it. You know, but I think a lot of times, you know, the rules change so damn often that, you know, you get used to a style and, and, you know, feet wasn't important for five, six years. Yeah. You know, now it's become important again. It, it it takes time to make those adjustments. It's no different than if we go back to parterre. We're going to see a lot of scoring, 
right away in the first year if we go back. But then after that, guys will tighten up their defense because they have to. Mm-hmm. So no, I, mean, I, I agree 100%, Dennis. It's our own fault in the world the problem, that we're right. The problem at. is, exactly. The problem is, is the people got to quit picking with the rules and, and get a set of rules and say, okay, let's go. You know, Stick, and, and least, keep them for 100 years. Yeah. You know I mean, what? If football had every time you kicked a field goal, the point total was what the distance was, <laughs> what the hell? Would people watch it? Right? No. I mean, it's no different. It, you know, but. The guys that make the rules, I think they go smoke crack or something before they go into the meeting. (laughs) The guys that make the rules never wrestled before until now. I mean, I mean, I think one guy was a a tennis player or I don't know, just some dumb stuff. Like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Get the top top 10 coaches throughout the world, put them in a room and come up with some damn rules that are going to last for the next hundred years. Yeah. It's pretty simple. You know, I don't know why they can't do it. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. It it just blows my mind that they change the rules every two years. You know what? Then you wonder why the fan base isn't there at the the Olympics or, you know, Mm -hmm. at the World Championships. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I mean, there there was a time even even when I didn't know the rules and I had to call out to USA Wrestling so I could coach my kid. I mean, <laughs> if that ain't pathetic, that you that, know. No, and and then and then the U.S. has to do it different too, though. You know, like, well, we'll change it at juniors, but not at seniors, or we'll change it at uh, seniors and not at juniors. So we're not helping each other out. You know, like they yep. say, they think it's sure. going to help us out. No. Well, one of us is going to screw up. You know, we have to change it at seniors now because that's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest change in the world. So our juniors are being left behind because they don't know. But now, like, the world's like, oh, we're going to try these rules we have out now with the juniors and see how that goes. And then we'll bring the seniors back, you know. Right. And juniors have performed pretty well, in fact. Yes. Yes. Juniors and cadets have performed great. And those kids are going to know how to wrestle on the feet. And what we're going to do is we're going to just destroy it because they want to bring back parterre. And they're going to go back to this dumb style that these guys have right now. That just push, 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 stall, 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 and not try to attempt a a thing. So You know, the bottom line, if you wanted more scoring, simple. Don't give a point away. For a passivity. Yes. Four points. Who's the retard that put points for, sorry, Santa said that. (laughs) But who's the guy that made the rule that you get a point for a passivity? I mean, it's, it drives me crazy. You know what? Score Mm -hmm. points, you know, it forces guys to actually do more attempts, to work harder, to get that point because they're more valuable. Not when, you know, a guy gets a takedown, and I could get two passivities on him. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's crazy. No, I agree. You know, I, agree. I I just think they need to they need to get rid of giving away free points. You know what? Like you said, just score points, man. Score points. You know, I mean, just let them wrestle. In the, back in the day, if you didn't score point three points, 
you know, when I was competing, at the end of six minutes, you went overtime. Right, the three-point minimum, I remember those days. I mean, it, it forced guys to actually learn how to take somebody down or gut-wrench someone. I loved those those rules because I got to wrestle those rules all through high school. I loved them. Yeah. I loved them. I loved it that you had to lock up with somebody in body lock. I yeah, I, I'm a fan of that. You were a fan of that one? I wasn't. Oh, if it would have been done correctly, I think it would have been a good thing. But yeah. some, somebody always got the shaft. Yes, I agree too. But like for me, for me, I would just lock and throw. Like I, I gave you no chance. Like we locked hands. Yeah. As soon as that whistle blew, I'm going. It doesn't matter if I'm slipping or making, you know, or getting. I was going. Like I wasn't gonna sit and wait. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, team. I I love to throw too, but the problem is, is you know, if the other guy got to lock first, you had to protect yourself so he didn't trap your elbow to your side and throw you on your head. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. There there was just downfalls, but that's you know because they kept changing the rules. Exactly. Uh, well, I guess we have like just maybe a couple more, and then um, a couple user questions. Are you game for that, Robbie? I am. I might be have to say goodbye to my lovely girlfriend here in a minute because she's just sitting to us talk, and uh, she has work in the morning. So I I don't know is that okay or no. I, I that's fine. Yeah, Hall. You know, like Robbie's like a super duper romantic, right? Like, yeah. To like the extreme. I'm a mushy gushy kind of guy. That's good. <laughs> Robbie, at this point. Are you going year by year, or are you just waiting to see if someone comes around who can beat you? Uh, I'm not waiting for anybody to beat me. No, I mean, I'm going to go out when I want to go out. Uh, if that's year by year, if that's until Tokyo, I'll tell you this much. I will be done after Tokyo. Um, but right now, uh, I'm going to go go get my medal in Paris. and. Um, and just keep on doing what I'm doing, you know. Uh, keep winning, keep beating people up, and 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 going from there. Um, uh, I'm I'm moving forward in my life, um, but I'm 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 also going to be, you know, still wrestling. I'm not just going to be. I'm going to be getting out of the training center, and 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 moving forward with my the way I want to live my life outside of this place. And, um, but, um, right now, I guess you can say year by year, but it's not, I'm, I'm still, I'm probably, I'm going to still be wrestling in, in 18 and, and then go 19. And next thing you know, we're 2020 and I'm walking in the opening ceremonies in Tokyo. So I'm not going to say nothing. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm just doing a year by year. Uh, and I'm not going to wait for anybody to beat me because I'm going to go out on my own terms. I'm not going to, you know, so you're not I'm, waiting for somebody to come and try to take the title. No, no one's taking the title. That's Uh, what I'm saying. Okay, so if you're going to go to 18, now, listen, I I am not on your advisory board here, but if you were going to go to 18. Why not go 20? Well, I mean. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. Four months. No, I got you. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I mean, I'm I'm definitely wrestling. He's going to 2020. (laughs) You know, I hear it in his voice. Yeah, it's, it's. I, I'm going. I'm going four years, you know. But I mean, I'm also looking at other options too. Don't get me wrong, you know. Um, 
and within my career and my life. I'm not just I'm not, it's 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 wrestling is not just number one anymore. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, it is my job and it is what I do best, but I'm not just I'm focusing on other things. Like for the the whole quad before it was one thing and one thing only wrestling. I'm going to open my horizons a little bit. You know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's actually going to help me. I think it's going to be better for me because it's going to give my mind something to think about and not dwell on just one thing. You're talking about balance. Balance. Yes. 100% balance. You know, because for so long, for the last 12 years of my life, I've been living in a training center and all I've been thinking about is one thing, wrestling. I need, I need balance in my life. And, uh, and I think with balance comes a longer career for me. But I will be done after 2020. So you stay in 2017. Um, anyway. Oh, I stay in 2017. <laughs> no, I am. Because honestly, there at that point in time in my, in my life, I want to start building athletes. I want to start building Olympians. I thought I'm ready for that now, but I guess my time here is not over. You know? Um I, my calling right now is for me to be here, and 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 kicking butt on the mat. Uh, when I'm when I want to be, you know, 35 years old or 34 years old, and it's ready for me to build athletes. It's ready me to to look forward to my future. You know, is that a given though? I mean, if only because, I mean, I I I mean, let's not be pretentious. I mean, you and I have talked about this before, but I mean, there are there are other potential opportunities following wrestling that really, you know, aren't necessarily involved with wrestling. I mean, for crying out loud, you might be a freaking actor for anybody, for all anybody knows. Yeah. You I know, mean, that's another you, thing too. Honestly, Momir told me something very, just the other night, uh, we were watching the fights together. He goes, I see your life. I see your future in entertainment. I was like, wait, what? There you go. He's like, I see it. No, he's like, Robbie, you're, you're great at it. I see your future in entertainment. If it's a broadcaster, if it's an actor, if it's, you know, whatever. He's like, I see your future. But at that same time, though, wrestling will always be a part of my life. Yeah, I mean, it's, I call this so thing. You, a, could be, you could be in a sitcom and, and still coach. Hell yeah. <laughs> that, sitcom, that actually should be a sitcom. <laughs> I'll, start a real, I'll start a reality show or something about wrestling or something. I don't know. Maybe we should do something to actually promote our sport a little better. And maybe I can do that through being an actor or something. I don't know. But uh, it's, it, it, it's, I have a, I feel I have a bright future. But at, at this moment in time, my, my, my future or my, something's telling me I'm doing the right thing. And um, I just plan on keep going. You know, I don't, I was always taught, I was taught by Momir, don't talk about it, be about it. And so that's what I do. I mean, I have talked about it a little bit on this on this show because I love I'm very comfortable with the two guys I'm talking to. And, but, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I I like showing people what it's about. Like, I don't like USA Wrestling. When USA Wrestling interviews me after a tournament, they want me to say how I'm going to go out there and get that medal and all that stuff. And me, it, it, like I said, with the two people I'm talking to, you know, I need I, I I'm going to go. I'm going to get a medal. We know what's going on. We know what the goal is. There shouldn't be a question about it. You know what the goal is. But those guys want me to say it. And I even told them, like, I'm not going to talk about that. 
Like I've talked about it for the four years before. I told I I talked about the metal before the metal was on my neck. And um so outside of this podcast, I don't talk about it. You know, I, I just I'm putting my nose to the ground, grinding it away, being a good little soldier, and I need one thing and one thing only is to wrestle the best I can possibly wrestle in Paris. And if I do that, I am very I'm going to be very happy with the outcome of that tournament. And that's it. Plain and simple, you know. But you know, like I said, when you're comfortable, you, you say more stuff than you, you probably should. Yeah. <laughs> Just quick question for you, Robbie. Yeah, Dennis. What uh what adjustments are you making right now? Is there anything you're really focusing on? Um that you had to fix before the world championships? You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm really trying to focus on more, uh, on scoring, um, just letting loose. I, I get, we get a heavyweight, you get trapped at just that pushing game. I need to get yeah. out of that. I'm, I'm a scorer. I'm a guy that likes, and I'm not just a, a thrower. I'm a, I'll take you down. I'll off balance you. I'll drag you. I'll duck you. I'll throw by, I'll reach around, you know, um, I need to get back to that. Uh, my big moves have been happening, but when I hit my little moves, it sets up my big moves, you know? Right. And, um, and that's kind of what I've been watching film on myself and watching film of, of the matches in the world. And it's so boring watching heavyweight wrestling, honestly, uh, outside of a few guys in the world. No, it can be. No, it, no, yeah, it's it's for there's a, a, a very few that actually wrestle, and um, yep. I can't get caught in that trap of just hugging a sweaty dude in spandex for six minutes, you know, <laughs> like that's not I I I I'm in the sport to throw you on your head, choke you out, and, and, and score points on you, and, and put a beating on you, and um, we have too many heavyweights that are doing that, so that's what I'm what I'm doing, um. And I've been watching a lot of film. We got, we really haven't been much on the mat the last couple of weeks. We just started getting back on the mat. We've been doing a lot of base training. Um, but in my in my in me watching my matches, that's what I've been coming up with is score more points. You know, and everybody's like, Rob, you score points already. No, no, score more points. The yeah. job is never done. And that goes back to me wanting to finish matches. You know. If I if I want to finish the match, I'm going to score points. If I'm if I'm if I'm happy with just a one zero win, I'm not doing me justice. I'm not doing the sport justice. Nothing's happening. So it's all about taking risks. Risks, bigger risk, bigger reward, right? I mean, that's yep. how we're, that's how we grow up. That's how we're raised. And if you're not willing to take the risk on that mat, get off. Get off the mat. Yep. You shouldn't even be there. Well, that's. Very close to being a mic drop moment. <laughs> drop it, walk away. <laughs> I have All a right. lot of those. Uh, let's go with um, a couple user questions uh, just to kind of uh, wrap this all up. Um, funny enough, the source – well, I mean, we got a, a couple, but, I mean, one of the sources for the questions is uh, rather interesting. Um the first question is, uh, well, I mean, we're, we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll ask it, uh, for sure. But, uh, 
Either way. Um, this is from Will Johnson. This was via Twitter. This was at, if I can see this right, at Will underscore J underscore 157. He says, What up, Will? Who does Robbie think will take over for him when he does, in fact, retire? Um, you know, it's a good question. I've been getting it a lot lately. Who's going to take over when I retire? And, and I like how it's worded. It's when I retire because it's it's almost as if people are trying to kick you out the door, Robbie. I they keep know. bringing up. They keep they, bringing they, up. Retire. They wanted me to get out. I guess I don't know. I guess I don't. I don't do enough for people. Um, I mean, like I said, now we just said on this that I'm not going to retire for four more years. So, you know, we got a while. So we got some athletes building. You know, um, Cole Schultz, uh, who just is our, our junior world team member and just made our uh, cadet world team member. He is a, a viable option. Um, he's a young uh, stud that's coming through the ranks at the junior levels and cadet levels, only 16 years old. So, and I get to, I practice with them. Um, so I get to mold him how I want. So I can actually mold the guy that takes my place into the wrestler who should be. And I actually have three options with that. You know, um, Nick Boykin is another one I wrestle with every day. Um, who's out of Tennessee. He took third at the junior trial. Um, and then, you know, Tracy Hancock's only 19 years old. So you never know what's going to happen with him and how he's going to grow. So I have three guys that's in my room that I can set up to take over my position when I want to. Um, but then outside that, you know, we have Adam Kuhn, who's a young stud out of Michigan, who, 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 you know, talks about doing Greco, but he's still doing folk style. Um, and then, uh, uh, Sam Stoll, who's from Minnesota. I actually wrestled him in the finals of the 2014, 2014, right. uh, tri, uh, nationals. He made the finals as a juniors. As a junior, you know, like that kid's a stud too. So I mean, I got there's a lot of young talent out there, young guys that could step up if they wanted to. Um, but I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm Is that important to you? Is it important though? Let's say after Tokyo, for instance. After Tokyo, yes. It, it is important, like, like Tokyo, to pass yeah. the torch. Like, you want to make sure that you help situate whomever the next in line is. Yes, one hundred percent. Dennis, you might be able to help me on this one. Uh, who was the uh, heavyweight before Gafari? Before Gafari, who? Right. Was it Kozlowski? I, I think that sounds right. Mm. Because look at the last. Since, uh, was it 88 or 92? Let's go 92. Yeah. From 92 to 2017, there's only been four number one heavyweights. Yeah. That's, that's some shoes. You know, that's some shoes to fill. Um, we have no one to fill. I mean, I'm the only guy that has them on right now. Like, I mean, I'm not untying them anytime soon. You know, um, nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, that's that's those are some big shoes. Gafari, Rulon, Byers, and me. I mean, 
it's like we've all had our own decade almost and um long time long continuity time. is important and that's some that's that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure for somebody to step into but i feel that i don't see it going any other way but if the guy wins whoever takes over is going to hold it for a while you know like it's going to be the same way um unless unless you know these these all these young kids rise up together and then we have competition without it with within each other but um i don't know if that's going to happen with the competition you know, I think it's just going to be one dominant guy. Like it's 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 been for the last shoot twenty five years. Yeah, there's a a lot of staying power at the top of the top of the totem pole here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we might as well just crack this open right now, and that is uh, one Mister Jordan Holm with uh I mean, he has a few questions. We actually covered a couple of what he talked about, but mm-hmm. uh, he's got one here that, uh, of course, Jordan Holm. Uh, was a, Jordan was a three-time world team member. Is that not right? Three-time world team member. Um, he ended up, uh, yeah, three-time world team member. He qualified the weight last year. Yep, Pan Am qualifier. I don't know if he was a Pan Am champ. Yeah, Pan Am champion. Nash, yeah, Nash, so. national champion, runner up in uh, uh, I think was it was he the one that runner up in in the 2012 trials? Yes. The chess. So yeah. You know, I know a little. I know a little about a little bit about the pro. Okay. His question's a a pretty good one. Are Momir or Linland on your case about not looking into the future and instead just focusing on your next competition? Um, I mean, he should know this, uh, and, 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 but you know, it's all about getting that world medal. So they don't, my future is Paris and as, as of right now, no, they're not pressuring me to looking into my future as of this moment. Um, you know, what happens after the world happens after the world, but, uh, for now it's one eye is on the prize and that's the world championship. In Paris, uh, in, in August, and that's it. August twenty second is when I wrestle, and that's all I have to worry about right now. And my coaches are, and that's all my coaches want me to worry about right now. I think that's beautifully stated. I Thank would you. presume Hall agrees with me. Yeah, perfect. That's all yeah. you should be focused on, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, well, Hall says these things. I, I don't. I, I just agree with him. I obviously don't don't know what this takes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all you think about is that tournament every year. You know, yeah. serious. You know, and you can't look past it. You know, you got to train for it. And this one, and this kind of goes back towards our our question before about the you know if I'm going to 2020, you know, and uh, and I th- I hope. I think Dennis will agree with me on this one is we look past the world championships in, in, in the matches in front of us too much to look forward to the Olympics. The Olympics is in four years. I got business to do now. I don't have business. 
I'm my best. I can't look to the future. I got to look now to what's in front of me, and that's the World Championships. And I've done that, but in the in the 2000 Olympic uh, 2016 quad, you know, it was all about the 2016 Olympics. You know, well, well, I got World Championships this year, but I'm going to the 2016 Olympics. You know, you know, you know but the, the the journey to the 2016. No, when I answer people's questions about that stuff now, though, it's no, I got Worlds in August. You know, and then they're like, Gee, or wait, oh, I'm focused on the worlds right now. That's my year by year is that world championships. That is what I want. I, what's the one thing that's looming over my career is the world championships. And then when that that 2020 is on the door, then we'll 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 take that. And like I said before, and how I say every time when I'm competing, it's if I compete to my best ability, I'm going to keep winning. And if I keep winning, I'm going to keep going. And I put 100% of me out every single time, you know, and that's the plan. That's why, that's what I do what I do. And that's why I, ha that's why my, the balance we talked about, that's what I focus on. I focus, it's, everybody's like, you're going year by year. No, I'm going world championships by world championships because that's what's on the doorsteps. The Olympics is four years away. The world championships is now. And I gotta do what I have to do there. I have to take care of business there. So that's kind of, you know, what my mindset is right now. You know, and 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 that's what my coach and to go to Jordan's question, that's what my coach's mindset's right now, you know. I'm not talking about twenty twenty. When it happens, it happens. I'm talking about right now. On a scale from you know, we'll, we'll, I mean we'll go with the traditional ten scale, I guess. I don't know how sophisticated you both are with the scaling system that I like to use, but on a scale from one to 10, how much are you looking forward to uh, Georgia this week? Um, I'll, I'll give it a good solid seven, seven, <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to it, you know, but it's not the end all be all, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to Budapest, the, the camp more than the tournament. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm going out there. It's every match, every second, everything. So, I mean, I guess the right answer would be a ten. For no, the I don't for know. I no, no, I, you're, no, you're no. missing the context. You've been it's, to over three dozen countries. I don't know if you're looking forward to Georgia. Ask me that question. Ask you what? Ask me a ask me that question. Say, hey, how, how forward were you looking towards the Pitlashinsky tournament every uh, July? Before the World Championships, just ask yourself the question. Just ask, nah, just ask that question, Tim. You're talking I, about Poland. And, just yeah. Pre World Tournament. Okay. How much are you looking forward to that before the World? How much Everybody, did I? Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, zero. Yeah. It didn't mean dog shit, you know. Yeah. It, it was a time where I got out of my training routine and had to go over to some country that I didn't want to go to, and food sucked, and, you know, it was horrible, man. I'd rather stayed at home and trained. Yeah. But uh, that's just me. I, I love home. No, I love home, so too. So Robbie's probably lying a little bit when he said seven. Yeah, I, I know Provisor's not looking forward to it, too. <laughs> yeah. He's, go, he's going because you got to go. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's it. You got to go. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, you know? 
Robbie, you use that as a uh, prep. You don't put much stock into it, do oh, you? Oh, no. It's and that's just about saying. learning and, and getting better. That's, I mean, I always wrestled up a weight class at, at those tournaments. Yeah. No, but for me personally, I'm looking forward to the training camp because yeah. I, don't have, I don't have partners. That's my oh, time for, for sure. partners. That's my yeah. time for partners. That's what I'm looking forward to. You know, like I'm I'm looking forward to hungry. I'm looking forward so that's to that's where the seven comes in. Yeah, that's where the trick comes <laughs> in. Yeah. I, so. No. I I was talking about Georgia. I wasn't talking about Budapest. You're you're twisting up how I asked it all. Okay, okay, over there. Don't get okay, sensitive right. on us. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> I never I, listen. I've never been to Georgia. I don't know when or how I would even have a reason to go there. So I'm curious. I don't travel. I've never you been know. to Georgia either. It's my first time to a new country. Really, so. 37 countries, and you haven't been to Georgia? No, nope, first time in Georgia. First time in Tbilisi. Interesting. Yeah. So Mark, this is going to be lucky number 38. Hey, Rob, wasn't wasn't that tournament always in January? The Tbilisi? Easily. Yeah. Yeah, they switched up a whole bunch. They switched up the Golden, Golden Grand Prix. Golden Grand Prix. Yeah. Uh, they're moving NYAC. This one got moved. Yeah, no, they, 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 they did a whole bunch of switching up. Nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's yeah, nice it's... when there's chaos. <laughs> <sighs> All right, what's next? Uh, I guess uh, we'll hit this last one from Jordan just because I think it's uh, – I think I think you might want to answer it, in fact. Okay. Um, all right. And, Robbie, last question. We'll, we'll uh, attribute this one to uh, Mr. Holm as well. And that has to do with uh, your, your girlfriend, your lovely girlfriend, Kelly. And yeah. what Jordan asks is – she wondering what your next step is, or is she on the, uh, I guess essentially the same, the same, uh, wavelength, same page as, uh, as, uh, coaches, uh, Linland and Momir. No, my, my beautiful girlfriend, Kelly is, um, definitely on the same page as me. We're me and her are a team. We've been together for now almost five years in, uh, you know, I don't at at this moment in time I don't do really anything without discussing it because you know I plan on being with this woman for the rest of my life and um you know it, it's if we're not on the same page this teamwork's not going to work out and so communication's huge as it is in a marriage or relationship as it is with your coaches and parents and all that so we communicate all the time and, and we definitely discussed it and she knows that four years is is a big possibility and it's going to happen. You know, and um, moving forward, and and but we also know that we're going to be moving forward in our life soon. So, you know, it's it's just teamwork with me and her. And uh, it if without her, I mean, she actually came into this journey in 2012, right when I made the decision to go up to heavyweight. Um, so she didn't see the struggle of the cut weight, but she saw the, all the other stuff. And uh, she's seen me at my highs and she's seen me at my lows. And I wouldn't wish to do it with anybody else but her, you know. Um, 
And so, of course, she knows what my future entails and and where we're going with it. And um, because it's a big part of not just my life, but her life, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, when you have a partner like that and and, and that is so just unbelievably understandable, understanding, it's incredible to have, you know. And she knows that I have to go to three weeks in, in Georgia to do this competition and get this training camp because I don't have the partners I have need here. You know, she's seen the last four years and she understands every little bit of it. And, um, you know, it, it's incredible. And, and at the time I was at a, a, a kind of a low, low point in my life when we met and she pulled me out of that. She pulled me a, a little bit. She gave me that balance between, you know, the training center and the outside world. And that's where I just move forward with her. You know, and we just keep going. I think that's beautiful. Thank you, sir. He's, he's got the right idea about communication. Oh. Thank you. That was a good answer. It was a Thank great you. answer. It was a great answer. I'm a professional I was just guy. wondering when you're going to get married. Uh, yeah, you know, hopefully soon. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. Oh. She's right. she's sitting she's sitting here right on my lap, asshole. That's exactly. <laughs> what? Did they ask you the famous question? The famous question, honey. What'd you say? I said soon. Soon. Saying soon. Soon. For a long time. Just. <laughs> you could just move in together and make it common law. All right, common law. Right. We only got two more years till yeah. common law. It's five. Oh, it's five years? So we have about 20 days. Woo, baby. High five. <laughs> yeah, so, no. no. It's important, man. I'm glad you got a good woman. Thank you. I appreciate that, Dennis. She is a good one. I guess I'll keep her around for a little bit longer. <laughs> All right. Well, Robbie, thank you very much for hanging out with uh, Hall and I tonight. And, uh, you know, obviously, best of luck in Georgia. Best of luck, uh, in fact, uh, getting to the airport uh, in about, mm, I don't know, six hours for you. Is oh, yeah. that what it is? About Yeah, six hours right now. Thank you. Uh, hopefully, you know, that's the biggest part. If Linland's driving, we might have a problem getting up there. But uh, anybody else is driving, we should be okay. But, um, yeah, no, it, I'll, thank you guys for having me on. Um, had a blast tonight. Don't forget about me. I would love to come on this every time you do it because you guys are <laughs> two of my favorite people. Uh, and, the feeling uh, is certainly mutual. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, yeah, no, I'm going to go over to Georgia, kick some butt, do that camp in Hungary, come back, get prepared for uh, Paris and do my job there, boys, and, and just represent not just the USA but the Greco family the best I possibly can represent it. So, Nah, you do that every time out, man. I'd say I'd wish you good luck, but you know what? You create your own through your work ethic. So. There we go. Yes. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. This guy over here doesn't believe in me. You're telling me the right stuff. He's telling me luck. He thinks I'm lucky. You think I'm talented. <laughs> he, he, you should have heard like his cavalier attitude when he corrected me when Cheney was on a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, boy. I love it. You guys are like a married couple. And you could absolutely follow Robbie Smith on Twitter at RTD Smith. And I believe that is the same way for, uh, is it the same way for Instagram? Nope. It's RTDS Greco on Instagram. That's right. That's right. And you can follow Five Point Move 
at 5PT Move on Twitter. And as has become tradition, you can follow Dennis Hall on Twitter as well at Dennis Hall WGW. He is looking forward to all of the social media interaction you'd like to throw at him. That's it for now. Thank you for hanging out. We'll talk to you later. Bye. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.